This is Clothes Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi, Helena. I'm doing great, and I'm super excited about our topic for today. So am I. A visit from Aunt Flo. (laughs) Code Red. On the rag, the curse. (laughs) Yes, uh, there's been a lot of talk around my house about this lately because I have two daughters. So one needs to prepare and one is going through it. And so we... We, we talk openly about this subject a lot. It's fun. It's good, a fun good. topic. Yeah. yeah. But it's not something we talk openly about that often. I mean, certainly it's kind of a, a taboo subject, isn't it, menstruation? Yeah. So that's that's part of the, the funny thing is, um, you know, my older daughter doesn't want me to mention it. She doesn't want to talk about it. She kind of shies away from the whole topic. And I had wanted to throw her a party. Because I just love that idea. I mean, it's a big transition, and I know how excited I was. I got my period kind of late, so I was so excited when I finally got it because everyone else had it already. And so um, I wanted to throw her a party, and she... She's like, Mom, no. No. I was not flying with her. She did not want to party. I was, like, bribing her with cake. No, she didn't want to party, so... um, that was <laughs> well, a, a valiant attempt, Elena. But yeah, I, I'll I think that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, whatever she's comfortable with. But I think we did we did go out to ice cream, so there was that at least. Right. So if you haven't figured it out today, we're talking sewing with the flow, sewing for your period and for menopause. One of the reasons Helena and I were inspired to do an episode on this topic was that recently I was sitting on the subway and I was sitting behind a couple of young women who were having a, a chat about breaking out. And one of them was telling the other that her dermatologist said that breakouts can be worse when you're having your period. But the thing is, she didn't say when you're having your period, she said... Breakouts can be worse when you're having Right. Like she sort of mouthed, she leaned in close to her friend and mouthed it and didn't want anyone else to hear. Uh, And I started thinking, you know, isn't this insane that there's this thing that happens to women every month from the time they're about 12 to the time Mm -hmm. they're in their 50s. And it's such a huge part of our lives. And yet not supposed to talk about it, shameful, embarrassing, right? So that got me to thinking maybe we should uh, maybe we should chat about this. Yeah, and also we both saw the blog post from Erin Van Handel from the blog Z Mocked, and she wrote a very thorough post about sewing for your period specifically. She gives suggestions for uh, comfy clothes to wear and even sewing your own period underwear. It was a, shined a great light on this topic that we don't discuss openly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Erin will be joining us for this discussion today. And we're also going to hear from another Erin, Erin Beauchamp, who has a method and also materials for sewing super absorbent period underwear. And she's going to share her tips with us on that. And also, of course, joining us will be Barbara Imodi, who will weigh in with her wisdom and humor on sewing for your period, for pregnancy, and also for menopause. Great. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. So why don't we start with our interview with Erin Van Handel from the blog Zimacht. Hello, Erin. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. How are you ladies today? Terrific. Thanks for asking. Um, we're, Excellent. We're excited to have you here to talk about this topic because, uh, of course, we don't feel like it's not really talked enough about because it affects so many people in so many different ways. Why don't you tell us what prompted you to write the blog post about sewing for your period? Sure. I was working on the Anne address from By Hand London. It was part of the um, Sew Your Style uh, challenge for, in 2017. And uh, I was working on it. And I did the bodice first. And uh, I had it I had it working really well. And I let it I let it like sit on my dress form for a couple of days. And I came back to put it on and do some like final fitting tweakings. And it just did not fit correctly. Like it just, it was wrong. And it like, I remembered 
what it felt like before I put it on the dress form and it just felt off. And I was like, what is, what is going on here? And then it dawned on me that I was going to get my period soon and I was a bit bloated. Um, like my tummy was a bit bigger, my breasts were a bit bigger and it just didn't, it just didn't fit right. Um, and that's what happens when you have a female body that menstruates, it changes. And I, I thought, um, that, you know, this would be an interesting topic to write about because most sewists are female and, um, it, that's not to say there aren't gentlemen who are sewing, but um, most most of the people out there sewing these days are ladies, and it's something you know. This is a physical event that many of us, most of us, are experiencing. So let's talk about it. Let's there's there's an angle here to talk about how we can leverage this hobby that we love so much and this physical experience of being female. Right. So you wrote a really involved and interesting post in which you recommended a number of styles that would be appropriate for your period. Do you want to take us through a few of the things that you recommended there? Sure. So I I divided it in the post like from a very high level into three sections. I have clothes that make your period comfortable, kind of like accessories and stuff to make that are like kind of more comforting for your body just to just you know kind of give you um more of a sense of security help you relax and then uh the final section is about sewing period products for yourself like period undies and pads and um stuff of that nature as far as the clothes i had dresses tops and some bottoms and skirts and workout wear. So I, I covered a lot of bases here. So what were some of the dresses that you recommended? I recommended dresses that were more fitted in the shoulders and then in general flared out. So I recommended the Nancy dress from Sew Over It, which is a London-based indie. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's for wovens. And it um, is just a really cute kind of swing dress with a slight boat neck and I thought that would be interesting or if you're not that comfortable with knits a, a nice way to have a more comfortable um, garment in a woven that's you know wovens generally are easier to sew mm -hmm. and then I picked the ebony which is from closet case patterns um, and the ebony is it's a knit dress there are a few different views for it there's a um, there's a crop view there's a I think like hip length like more normal length view and then the one that I highlighted is the dress which is it's kind of similar to the Nancy dress in its shape where it's fitted through the shoulders kind of a a really nice kind of scoop boat neck uh, neckline and then it flares out from basically from the shoulders down so very Really loose, really drapey. Yeah, I think the loose aspect, any, n nothing around the waist. So you've got all mm -hmm. the room you need to to bloat yes. and <laughs> you know and exactly. to not feel restricted. And sometimes, sometimes the pain of menstruation, even you don't even want something touching your your middle yes. area. So a, you know, a gathered waist or or an elastic can can be uncomfortable. So that swing style, I think, is a really great idea. Haven't you made that dress, Lori? Uh, I made, um, it's similar to the ebony, uh, but I didn't use the actual ebony pattern. I used green style creations. Uh, what was the name of the dress? I think it was called, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say it here, but we can put it in the show notes. We'll link so, it. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually a slightly uh, cheaper pattern, which is nice, and it's it's basically the, the same style. But yeah, it's super comfy to wear in a, in a nice knit, and you can feel dressed up, but also feel like you're, you know, it's total secret pajamas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically, that's that's kind of what I was thinking about with, with especially with choosing um, the dresses. What's something that has that's not going to be uh, you know complete sack sort of shape, um, and that's why I kind of I pick things that had more um, structure and fit in the shoulders, and then just you know basically from the neck or the the breast down the bust down, where they just 
flared out and draped and yeah. would, you know, give your body a lot of a lot of space to, you know, yeah. do its thing. As much as we might like to wear a sack while we're menstruating, <laughs> I yes. think it's, it's nice if we could look somewhat elegant as well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because it's, it's, I mean, I find, I find that when I take the time to dress up, put on my face, you know, think like really think about what I'm going to wear for the day that I just, I feel more confident. I feel more focused and even it can be really hard when you're menstruating to kind of pick yourself up when you have low energy and you're crabby. But if you have something that makes you feel feel confident and is comfortable, like that that combination, um, I I think that you know you're ready to face the world and while still being tender to yourself. Right. Yeah, I what, agree. What are some of your go-to patterns um, or? garments when you're menstruating, Helena, what do you like to, to grab for when you get up? Oh yeah. Uh, since I work from home, I can stay in my pajamas. So, <laughs> so not so secret pajamas. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just plain old pajamas. But even then I agree with you, uh, having the elastic waist is no fun. Like it is much more fun. I do have one dress that is in the swing style. It's mm-hmm. got a little turtleneck, so I can't wear it all throughout the year. It's got sleeves and a turtleneck, but um, so it's a little warm. But that is the best thing. And my husband always like, like exclaims about it too. Like, oh, you're wearing a dress, and I'm like, ha 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 ha. You don't even know how comfortable <laughs> this is because it doesn't look like pajamas that one doesn't I have some many sack dresses I love sack dresses and tent dresses and just that kind of stuff so much and I have many of them and he kind of they're not his favorite let's just say (laughs) so Erin what are some of the other um clothing items that you recommended I picked um a tunic from style arc called the ray that has a really nice split hem and a a really interesting like split sleeve kind of kind of like cold shoulder but not entirely there with the cold shoulder yeah a couple of long uh, go ahead oh I was just gonna say cold shoulder is I really do not like the cold shoulder thing I just it's one of my pet peeves and I you know no judgment I know lots of people love Mm -hmm. it but this is actually uh, it's the split sleeve is something that I would wear. It's so it's not the full exposed shoulder. It's sort of like from the the edge of the shoulder down to the short to the end of the short sleeve is just sort of a slit opening. And I think that's that's really cute. So I could actually get down with that one. I think. <laughs> I was yeah. just going to say that to you, Lori. It's not a traditional cold shoulder. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry. I know it's a it's funny just thing. Split I just sleeve. can't stand them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm cold most of the time, so I can't. I think the cold shoulder just doesn't appeal. Right, me too. To me, me too. it is weird. It's very, yeah. Like it's a lot not of practical. people. Yeah, a lot of people love them, but I don't know. Not for me. Same. But um, I liked I liked that detail. And like honestly, if you didn't want to do that, I'm sure it wouldn't take much to bring that. Yeah, so up the seam. Together. I think so too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's a cute shape, in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then I had a couple of long cardigans because long cardigans basically are secret robes. <laughs> and who doesn't want to wear a robe all day when you have your period and you just kind of need to feel cozy? So I selected the Blackwood from um, Helen's Closet. Yes, from Helen's Closet. Yeah, Thank you. I'm looking classic. at a picture of, of Helen. I'm like, huh? Um, yeah, the Blackwood cardigan. Um, and the Esme cardigan from Named, which is even longer. That's like a midi length yeah, the, cardigan. The, um, the picture yeah. that they have on their website of the Esme cardigan, it goes past the knees and it looks mm-hmm. like it's sewn in sort of a fairly chunky sweater knit. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just wrap yourself in a cocoon of happiness there, I think. <laughs> But it looks, but the drama of it, though, I think it looks really stylish, it's too. Very I'm actually making piece, yeah. a long cardigan that goes to my knees right now. Oh, yeah. Because I think I'm only going to be able to wear it for just a little lo- while longer. But I just <laughs> love the drama of it. Yeah. Well, be sure to bring mm-hmm. it when you come to PR Weekend in Canada, because we'll still be having cool, cool, cool enough weather that you can make some use out of it when you get here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ooh, yeah. Cool nights. That's like a cool nights sort of garment. Yeah. 
Um, oh, okay. and, and then I also highlighted the Roscoe blouse from True Bias, and that has um, that has a couple of views for if you want to make that into a dress. So that kind of is similar to the other dresses I highlighted, where it's a it's basically like a poet blouse sort of silhouette with um, it has a V neckline. It has raglan sleeves. It has a tie for the neck. It has fuller kind of like poety kind of sleeves on it. I think with um, I'm not sure if it, they're elasticized, but ga- gathered somehow well, there at cuff. the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but just really a relaxed fit. And at True Bias, they just finished up um, Roscoe month. Where where Kelly was showing a lot of different, different hacks for that blouse, and they it's so stylish and can be hacked a ton of different ways, and it it just looks so feminine and flowing and graceful, and really what could be better when you're <laughs> when you're feeling kind of terrible from your period? Yeah, just out of a special fabric it can dress mm-hmm. it up so much, but it's still comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I love the fact that you included hammer pants in here, Erin. We've got some. <laughs> that was my favorite part. The harem pants. So we've got yes. uh, the harem pants from Quixo and uh, a pair of jelly sweat pants, uh, both, are w- both of which are very loose and relaxed. And uh, yeah, so how do you feel about the harem pant thing? That's the one with the really drop crotch. Like the crotch yes. goes right down to your knees pretty much. Yes. Well, I think that... If you have your period, like, really? It, I mean, what could be better than drop crotch pants? Like, seriously, like, I mean, just like, if you think about the function of it, just the, ignore the fact that your crotch is down at your knees. Um, <laughs> just kind of a funny <laughs> thing to say. Um, but if you, uh, if you think about the function of them, like, they w- would have, um, an elastic waistband so you know when you were feeling bloaty they expand with you and just like all loose around you know your hips and crotch yeah I mean the ultimate in comfort and right now I'm playing around with drafting some of my own patterns and I think that I'm going to make a pair of hair and pants like just for this purpose I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to wear them outside my house. <laughs> we want pictures, Erin. We do want pictures. I know. <laughs> if I when I do this, I absolutely will blog about it. Um, but it's, I mean, they're it's bold. Yeah. Um, and totally comfortable. So I mean, why not? Like, do your thing. If you are, if you know, you're ingenious enough to sew your own clothes, like, why not? That's going to be super comfortable. Yeah. So I say go for it. Yeah. Do you know what I just sewed up a couple of days ago and they are like wearing butter. I'm so happy. I made a pair of mama bear joggers from Patterns for Pirates Mm. and there's a couple of different views so you can put in an elastic waistband or you can do a yoga waistband. And so if you're not familiar with what that is, that's basically where you have a pretty tall waistband made out of the same fabric that you make the the main... um, pants out of and it folds over so there's no elastic it's just sort of the stretch of the waistband and it's nice and wide so it's just comforting around the middle and I sewed them in um, bamboo French terry which is just a dream and so I'm I'm over the moon and I think I'm going to be have to someone's going to have to drag me kicking and screaming out of those pants to launder them because I'm going to just wear them forever I think. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'd highly recommend those. They're they're a great pattern. Really super easy too. Once I cut them out, I think I sewed them in less than an hour. In fact, I was um, on my way. I had to play volleyball and I had to be there at 7.30. So I had to leave it just before 7. And I started sewing them at about 5.30, I think. And I almost had them completely finished to be able to actually wear to the gym, but I didn't quite get the, uh, the leg cuffs on. So it was a super quick. So nice. Yeah. That's fun. Well, yeah. every time I watch Project Runway and it seems like every season or every other season, somebody does the harem pans mm-hmm. and every time I'm like, oh, I need to rock those. I could totally rock those. And then I lose my nerve because that's Project Runway and I live very suburban life. <laughs> I think it'd be, I mean, they always style them with like high heels, which 
I never wear, let alone sure. with harem pants. Can you see me like rocking into the the mini golf place with my <laughs> <laughs> harem I totally pants? I totally did and my that too, heels. Helena. I sewed a pair of um, jogger pants. This was going back a couple of years ago, but but out of a shiny printed satin. I mean, I don't know why satin and jogger pants even are in the same phrase whatsoever, but uh, it was the same thing. You know, I've, I've got a fairly suburban neighborhood here in Toronto and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm wearing them out and I wore them out with heels. Again, I like, I don't go around in the neighborhood with heels, but sure. I was yeah. like, okay, let's see how this goes. And I did feel a little bit awkward, but I yeah. considered it a victory that nobody pointed and laughed. So I think it was okay. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Totally legit. Totally legit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So um, there's a few few other things that you had recommended in this post, Erin, in terms of just uh, sewing other, I think you went into athletic wear. And even as you said, you um, talked about sewing things like uh, covers for uh, hot water bottles and yeah. oh, various other that. things. So maybe you could highlight some of the, the ones that you'd recommend. Yeah. So within the past year or so, I bought myself a hot water bottle. I have a super old heating pad and I'm kind of hesitant to use it a lot anymore for fear of being electrocuted. Honestly. It's got a short. Oh dear. It's, it's really, it's really sketchy. And uh, so I bought myself a hot water bottle and I love it. That is, that thing, that thing is the best. And it has a really nice faux fur like fuzzy cover on it. And as I was working on this post, I'm like, oh, well, I I have to talk about a hot water bottle because that is what's nice about the hot water bottle is that you don't have to be tied to a plug. Like you don't have to be sitting in a chair or a couch like next to a plug. You can just fill it up with your hot water and then go, you know, snuggle up wherever you want. And, um, you know, personalizing it with something really fuzzy and luxe is uh, just a, a wonderful everyday, um, you know, treat for when you're feeling kind of yucky and you need a le- little extra warmth to, you know, treat those cramps and um, whatnot. Yeah, I thought that was a good idea. I love yeah. that idea. I'm stealing it. Yeah. Plus, you know, if you've never, if you've never sewn with like, um, like faux fur or, you know, kind of a, like a real tactile, um, fabric before or something that has like a lot of pile to it that would be a a really simple um and like small scale project you can just kind of get a sense of like is this something I would I would want to do later you don't let me tell you (laughs) no you don't want to make a jacket (laughs) it's a pain in the ass there's a story there Helena go for it well, I just I just made one. Lori knows because she she saw it in person. I haven't blogged about it and because it's I so need some distance. Beautiful! Oh my <laughs> thanks! I love it. We're we're trying to we're getting back on speaking terms. Me and the and the faux fur. Ooh. I am still finding fur on, in crevices that I never <laughs> thought of because it like flies through the air. The little yeah. poofs of it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a um, an undertaking that I didn't. I think you. I shouldn't even warn people like you should you should go in blind like I did and just be like, oh, this would be fun. You know, I seriously it was on a on a whim that I started this. And I'm like, oh, when is this going to be over? Oh. <laughs> oh, it's such great results, though. So worth it. That that fake fur bomber jacket you sewed is to die for. It looks so great and it looks super luke's folks. Stay tuned for when Helena yes, finally blogs this finally jacket. Blog it. It's really great. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, but that's a really good tip, Erin, the idea that, you know, if you want to try sewing with those types of fabrics, yeah. it's a nice small project yeah. to just kind of figure it out on. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I also suggested making, um, it, really, you can go to Pinterest and find about a gazillion tutorials for all of this stuff. So in my post, I didn't really link to many of them because I figure if you're if you're interested, you're going to give it a Google and you're going to find exactly what you want. Um, case in point making yourself like a, um, a rice heating pad where you, you make like basically like a sack or a sock and you fill it with rice and, you know, a few drops of essential oil. And you could make that out of something really fuzzy, like a, um, like a faux suede or a flannel or, um, a velvet. Mm, Flannel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
or you just throw that in the microwave and kind of similar to the hot water bottle you have you know something warm to uh you know relieve some of the bodily discomforts of um of menstruation yeah nice yeah. I've, you know i've never tried uh rice does, does the rice actually hold the the heat for a, a sort of long enough time to never tried one before um yeah it i i've i haven't made one of these before but um that's what i hear i mm-hmm. think no oh, i've used them i think yeah. i think they're nice yeah i mean you go back to the microwave and, and just heat it up again when it's done. But, uh, yeah, we used to have some for, like, your hands if we were going to the bus stop. And you just stick them in the microwave for a couple minutes and then put them in your pockets. And um, I like those so much better than the the chemically ones that mm-hmm. you can oh, right, buy yeah. and that are disposable. That kind of – I wasn't sure what those were made of and if the girls would, like – eat them or something bad would happen so the rice is, is better oh what a great idea i never thought of that like little yeah. little hand warmers for your mittens that's great yeah mm-hmm. yeah for a short time it's good yeah and you could you know you with the hot water bottle or the rice you know the rice heating pad you put them on your your tummy or your back and um you know just try to work out some of that some of that bad muscle stuff that happens mm-hmm. um um, I suggested making yourself an eye mask, which you could, I mean, you don't even need a, really need a pattern for that. You could, mm-hmm. you know, freehand draw something that would fit over your eyes and then just pick a fabric that you think is going to feel great on your skin and you slip that on and relax and, you know, try to, try to just kind of have a, have a moment to, mm-hmm. you know, be really gentle with yourself during this time that can be really physically and emotionally challenging yeah I like and that's something you could fill with rice as well because sometimes a weighted ipad something that sort of sits a little bit heavier on your eyelids feels so great yeah yeah for sure I like all this focus on self-care and just being nice to ourselves I think that is that's a discussion that we should talk about too um maybe a whole other podcast because I think that needs to be you know needs to be addressed that we shouldn't just be nice to ourselves when we're more on the rag, right? <laughs> That's yes. a good point. We are worthy human beings. And and, and, and we, heaven knows we don't want to be nice to anyone else while we're on the rag, do we? Yes. <laughs> or leading oh, up to it. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. PMS is just like, I just want to... I just want to walk around flipping tables when I have PMS. Oh, like yeah. Just, in fact, I have some fun facts about menstruation here that I'd love to share with you. And one of them happens to be that there, there was a study conducted of female prison inmates, which concluded that it turns out that they had a higher tendency to be violent in the days leading up to their period. Duh. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah, yeah, like I don't feel like we really needed a scientific study to. <laughs> Did we spend money on this study? Because let me tell you, like, duh. Any of the women yes. in this absolutely. call could tell you absolutely. That. But did you know that when you stop and think about it, uh, it's horrible to add this up. A woman will have approximately four hundred and fifty periods in a lifetime. So most girls start menstruating around age 12-ish, and menopause usually happens around Mm -hmm. 50-ish or more. So that's a lot of periods over a lifetime, right? Yes. Uh, And also, if you add that up, that can add up to approximately 10 total years on the rag. (laughs) Right, so like horrible. it is horrible. Oh. Like we we try not to think about it too much. Like oh, I got my period. Okay, we'll deal with it, whatever, and then just try to forget about it. But man, that's a lot of our lives that that we're dealing with this. So yeah, I, yeah. Well, it it definitely it deserves some attention. Then I think yeah, if we're just shoving it to the side and being like, oh gosh, right. this is happening to me right now. But um, yeah, if it's a big part of our lives, we mm-hmm. should we should mm-hmm. be talking about it. Also, uh, I read that um, one woman can use up to 15,000 period products, pads, tampons, and liners in a lifetime. So that actually becomes a huge problem for landfill because there aren't a lot of jurisdictions that are actually composting those things um, 
they're compostable here in my municipality, but I don't know how well they do that. But that's that's a lot of money too. So I yeah. think um, one of the things that I did recently, and I kind of wanted to become an evangelist about it because it, it made such a difference, was I switched over from disposable products to using two things. One is um, a menstrual cup. So there's something mm. called, a, there's different brands, but one of the more popular ones is called a Diva Cup. Um, and I really forget that I'm having my period when I'm wearing that. Um, and you can wear it for much longer than you can with tampons. Uh, and it's 100% reusable. You know, you you rinse it out, you clean it, you disinfect it, and you can use it over and over again. And then the second thing I switched to was period underwear. So we're going to talk about sewing your own. But before I even considered that, I ordered some online from a company called Thinx, T-H-I-N-X. And it's not a, I'm not doing an infomercial here or anything, because there's different, there's different <laughs> brands, but that happens to be... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but that I want to hear the about one them. that yeah. I tried, and I was super happy with them. So you can buy them in different levels of absorbency, so you can kind of get the supers and the lights and whatever. So you can have different types of underwear for different days of your period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that I can wear them most of the day, and. If I'm only using the underwear, uh, I probably wouldn't wear them all day long on my heaviest days. But if I'm using the menstrual cup along with the underwear as sort of backup, Mm -hmm. uh, it's perfect. And you just rinse them out when you take them off uh, and hang them to dry. And the next time you do laundry, you just throw them in the cold wash with everything else and it's all good. Um, You're not supposed to put them in the the dryer. Mm -hmm. And And you just keep using them over and over again. So... The one thing about them is that they're pretty expensive. I think they're about $35 a pop. So, you know, if you're going to buy four, five, six pairs for a whole cycle, um, then that's getting pretty expensive. So I do recommend them, but I might even recommend, since we're talking about sewing here, that if you want to try sewing your own, I spoke to Erin Beauchamp and Erin Van Handel. I know you mentioned Aaron's blog post in your post where she explains how to sew your own period underwear and the types of fabrics to use and and Mm -hmm. she's she's perfected a technique uh, and also the materials which I think are terrific so why don't we hear from Aaron? Hi I'm Aaron Beauchamp you can find me on Instagram as Vint Hill Knits V-I-N-T H-I-L-L-K-N-I-T-S. And you can also find me on Ravelry as the same. That's my uh, Ravelry designer name. After my youngest child was born, I found that my cycles were just so heavy that it was uncontrollable. So I started searching out solutions to this problem. And some random internet searches eventually landed me with a product called Thinks, T-H-I-N-X. Uh, you may have heard of them. There are also some other um, brands out there that people use. And what it is is a, a period underwear that uh, you can use as backup or just as your main protection, um, depending on your flow and your personal preferences. So I really was seeking this out as backup because I needed backup for my backup. (laughs) Yeah. So I took the plunge. They were $34 a pair, which was just kind of a scary investment for me to get enough for more than a single day. So, um, I, I took the plunge and I bought them and I'd heard that they run a little bit small and I'm a pretty petite person, but I found that even their large did not fit my 39 inch hip and I just they were good for what they were but I needed a better answer and so I kind of just hung in there with them using them uh, for about two years and every single time I'd put them on I just racked my brain. How can I make this? How can I make this? How can I make this? Um, I have a 99% self-sewn wardrobe. I do that for personal ethical reasons, um, for a better fit. And honestly, I just enjoy doing it. So uh, this was a huge gap in my wardrobe that I was seeking to fill. So for about two years, like I said, I just kind of racked my brain. How can I make this? How can I make this? But I didn't know what to use as either the absorbent core um, to, you know, really protect me. And then I didn't know what to use for the 
outer waterproofing layer to prevent embarrassing leaks. Um, because I didn't want that crunchy, you know, toddler training underwear kind of sound that would just give me away and make everybody around me know every time I moved that I was wearing this. Um, so I'm a part of a Facebook sewing group called The Self-Sewn Wardrobe with Mallory Donahue, which is a lovely group and um, I highly recommend it. They do a monthly challenge, and each month they have a different wardrobe segment that they challenge you to sew something to fit into your wardrobe. So August of last year was the month of making underwear. And I thought, well, I really don't need any more regular underwear, but boy, I really, really needed an answer to this period underwear thing. Um, so I kind of threw it out there, posted in the group, and said, hey, let me click, pick your collective brain. What do you guys think of this? Um, is this something that I can reasonably do? Does anybody have experience with this? And the response was overwhelming and it was amazing. It definitely started some controversy because uh, we got a lot of, ew, you know, how do you even talk about this? And there's just so much stigma around it that it was this huge controversial thing. So once I started it, I knew I had to go ahead and do it. <laughs> Um, so I got tons of great feedback from people who did have experience with this. And I was told, you know, you can use the um, PUL waterproofing fabric that people often use for uh, making cloth diapers nowadays. And uh, that works really well because it's kind of quiet. It's not that old school toddler training pants kind of you know, crinkly sound. Uh, it's, it's pretty quiet. Um, and then I was directed toward a product called Zorb, Z-O-R-B, which is amazingly absorbent for the size of it. It's so thin, but it will just suck up the liquids like you wouldn't believe. Um, so I sourced some of that and, um, I got mine through wazoodle.com, I think it was. And, I also was told I want some kind of a, another layer as a buffer, as a lining between myself and the Zorb. So I found an athletic wicking jersey, and I actually went to Walmart and I bought a men's 2XL shirt in athletic wicking jersey. And I just cut that apart because for the underwear, I just needed these small sections. So I was able to get eight pairs out of this one men's shirt, which was fabulous. Um, and then I, I brought them home and I layered them all together and I thought, all right, well, I'm going to test this out before I took, put my time into actually constructing these things. So I layered them up and I poured a little water on them and I thought, whoop, that just sucked it right up. And I was like, wow. So I poured a little more water and it went right in. And I poured the whole dang cup of water on it and it just went... <laughs> And it just sucked it up. I picked it up and it didn't even drip. So I thought, this is awesome. This is my answer right here. So I set to work designing my pattern. I wasn't really happy with the, the fit of the things, but I kind of used them as inspiration for the layering and the construction. And I took some regular underwear that I had and I, I drafted a pattern. I traced it off and I thought, okay, well, how can I, you know, make all these layers work into this style of regular underwear that I prefer? And then I made a few tweaks, too, just to improve the fit on them. It was a lot of paper cutting and pasting and redrafting and turning this seam this way and pasting these two pieces together until I finally ended up with a center panel that ran basically from the front waistband all the way through the crotch and back up to the back waistband. And then two side panels that would seam to the center panel on the fronts and the backs. So I chose to make the side panels out of a, a more sheer fabric for a little more breathability, just as a personal preference. And then I layered those three other layers, the waterproofing layer of the PUL, and the Zorb and the athletic wicking jersey as the lining inside for that center panel. And then I uh, stitched those all together. It took a lot of uh, 
careful basting and all those different types of fabrics were really, really super tricky to get them to feed under the machine evenly and at the same rate. And so that was a little bit of a, a tricky sticking point for me, but I, I powered through it. <laughs> um, and then I attached the side seams and I added fold over elastic at the waistbands and the leg holes to finish it off. And the result was amazing. The fit was spot on. I couldn't have asked for a better fit. It was really, really excellent. Um, and then the protection factor, I just, I can't speak enough about it. Um, so in my, um, in the self-sewn wardrobe, um, Facebook group, uh, when I had posted this initial query out there, uh, and all the discussion that followed, um, one of my friends, Ashling, actually uh, decided to coin the phrase uh, or coin the term flows for these F-L-O-Z. Uh, I'm sorry, F-L-O-W-Z. And she said, you know, if you are upping your protection factor, you just add some more Z's on the end of it. <laughs> so I had to give a little shout out to her for such an excellent uh term for those uh, just played off of the brand name of things. So I am tremendously happy with my self-sewn flows and I really, really recommend that if this is something that you're thinking about trying, just dive head first into it because you're not going to regret it. My recommendation for laundering them is to immediately rinse them out with cold water in your sink or in your laundry tub as soon as you take them off. And that will get rid of the majority of any flow that's on there. Um, and then I just hang those up like in my bathroom or something to dry out until laundry day. And then I just toss them all into my regular dark load. I made them in black myself. Um, so... Um, I just throw them in with my dark load and I used a contrasting fold over elastic on them so that when I'm changing from the washer to the dryer, I don't forget to take them out. So I take them out of the washer and I hang dry them. Uh, that PUL fabric will melt a little bit in the dryer. So you do have to be careful not to put it in the dryer for too long. If you do want to put it in the dryer, just do it for a very short amount of time. And if your stitching lines actually go through the center of the PUL fabric, you can actually uh, hover a hot steam iron over it. Just hover, don't actually press down. Uh, and that'll shrink up those stitching holes to maintain that waterproofing. Or you can toss them in the dryer and those that'll shrink up those um, those needle mark holes. Between the yard of um, Zorb and the t-shirt that I bought from the athletic, athletic wicking jersey and then the PUL, I think I, I sewed eight pairs of them for about what one pair of things cost me. Yeah, so that was Aaron Beauchamp and uh, sounds like a great idea. What do you think? Do you think you might try it yourselves? I'm totally going to try it. Yeah. I am because I just like, you, well, it, I was laughing about the 450 periods because I feel like something unexpected happens every period. Like I'm down a pair of underwear, like every period. And you think after I was just really <laughs> sad about 450 periods. You think that I get this down and I'd be able yeah. to <laughs> time this and have everything and not have any spillage or anything. And so right. I, I love that idea of, um, I also use the diva cup. And so most of that is handled, but it, you know, there's, there's, um, there's less heavy days that, that kind of drag on and you don't know exactly when that's going to all wind up and stuff. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that would be a good idea for those days, especially. Yeah, and Erin tells us how much money she saved versus buying period underwear from a manufacturer. It's uh, it's really cost effective, so I think it's really worth trying it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So we'd be remiss to have this chat about sewing for your period if we aren't weren't also talking about sewing for menopause. I am currently in perimenopause, which seems to simply mean that my periods are unexpected and much worse than they ever were before. Yay! Oh, oh, oh. 
That's horrible. <laughs> so I never know when I'm going to have PMS, and it seems to be happening more often. So yeah, things, uh, yeah, uh, apparently things don't necessarily get better when you're reaching menopause. But I know, Helena, you did a little bit of looking into this, and uh, uh, you're going to look for some, quote, fun facts about menopause. Right. So I was tasked with the idea of finding the fun facts about menopause and ladies. There were no fun facts. Like (laughs) I couldn't find anything. All I found were lists of horror stories. Like I found some what they called fun old fashioned treatments for menopause. They were horrifying, you guys. They were not fun in any way. Leeches (laughs) to the genitalia. Oh, boy. What? Yeah. Isn't that the most horrifying thing? And then uh, men doctors, obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, thought that perhaps if we have them bleed in another way that will help, um, like, dissipate the tension, you know, that you're, you're when you go through menopause, you're not bleeding anymore. So let's have them bleed in another way. So they'd induce nosebleeds. They they do other things that um, would make... Isn't that horrible? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. It was some... <gasps> Some horrifying stuff. So, um, yeah, I did not enjoy looking into that. I don't uh, recommend anyone Google that. So, (laughs) (laughs) And if you're living the experience, you know what we're talking about, right? (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Um, There there were some really helpful lists about, like, what to expect when when you're going through menopause so you aren't blindsided by some of the symptoms so that was that was very helpful like the hot flashes that you can start having those as soon as 40 41 um so that you know you can kind of yeah i think knowing what to expect would be really helpful because i don't think i've ever talked to anyone about that like what to expect or what's going to happen or or even I think my mom went through it and I, um, we all thought she was kind of acting a little crazy, but she didn't say like, <laughs> you know, my hormones in, are really in flux. So sometimes I overreact to things. She never mentioned that or said anything about that. And maybe she didn't know, like maybe she didn't mm. know. Maybe I noticed when you were talking about how, Lori, how you like to you'd like to flip the tables because you're, you know, raging during your PMS. <laughs> yes. Well, what happens with me is I don't know I'm PMSing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't put it together, again, with the 450 periods. <laughs> I, don't, I don't put it together. Like, no, I am really, I'm really mad about this. This is a legitimate thing that I am mad about, and I should be mad about, and I should express my anger. And then, you know, two days later, I'm like, oh. Okay. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, that was my hormones okay. talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's so, a difficult thing to deal with, isn't it? You know, because yeah. your mind is telling you one thing and your body is causing your mind to see things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if there was only some way that we could just wear a sign saying, look, you know, <laughs> proceed with caution while you're dealing with me because things aren't the way they, they're supposed to be at the right. moment. Right. But of yeah. course, there's been that cultural taboo around, like, well, just don't talk about it. Don't mm-hmm. say a word. Like, don't even use the, the correct terminology. Keep it hush, mm-hmm. hush. It's a shameful, embarrassing thing. So, you know, don't talk to it. Even women tend to be very cautious mm-hmm. about talking to each other about it. And so I really did think it was worth us just talking out loud about this and saying, hey, this is a big deal and it happens to so many people. Um, and let's let's deal with it head on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I did find one little fun fact about menopause. Did you know oh, that only humans, elephants, and humpback whales go through menopause? The only species that go through menopause. Really? Oh. Yeah. I don't know if that's so – what does that mean, that every other species just continues to menstruate? I, I'm thinking the, those are the species that seem to live the longest, so maybe it's like we live long enough to actually get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or but, they need more – their children need more care. And so there's a theory that um, women that go through menopause, they're done with childbearing, so they can be part of that tribe and that helpfulness for women that are still having children Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that could be it. 
Yeah. So you mentioned hot flashes, which is, of course, like one of the hugest uh, issues around menopause. And it can be super inconvenient. And night sweats are a huge problem, of course, where you just wake up and you're completely soaking wet from a hot flash. So um, some of the ways we can sew for that is to look for fabrics that are sweat wicking and won't remain damp. So things like cotton generally kind of just absorbs a lot of water as opposed to wicking it away. So looking for other materials um, like linen, I think is a nice lightweight. And if you can make linen sheets for your bed, that would be really nice too. Um, How wrinkly would that be though? I would not like. Yeah. Linen sheets are certainly a commitment. <laughs> it's like sewing fake fur. It's like you don't know what you're signing up for, but but they're really they're very very looks. So that's that's nice. But um, Barbara Modi is here to drop her wisdom. Yeah, she yeah. has lots to say about sewing for all the women specific stages of life. Um, she talks about when she was pregnant and first nursing. And she also gives us some tips and tricks about sewing for menopause. She has a favorite fabric that she's going to introduce us to, which is something I had never thought of. So I thought that this was very enlightening. Let's hear from her. I was very interested to see that the topic of this latest podcast is sewing for women's bodies with all the things that women's bodies do. Specifically coming to my mind, of course, is menstruation, pregnancy, and then menopause. My first thought was a mental image I had of my friend Joanne. We were in grade 7, and her parents had come from the Ukraine. Her Ukrainian grandmother used to crochet her what we call sanitary napkins. And I remember walking home from school with her one day and they were all hanging out on the clothesline outside Joanne's house. So for a girl in grade seven in a small town in Manitoba, which is where I was at that stage in my life, this was beyond mortifying. And I remember her going into the kitchen and saying to her grandmother, like, are you nuts? You can't do that. And her grandmother was saying, what? What do you mean? Waste good money? And that idea and concept, that the original do-it-yourselfer, uh, came to my mind when I was reading about mummy pads and menstrual uh, kind of short-legging things to hold everything in place that are being made across the internet. And I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Uh, Far more comfortable and practical and empowering than those really stiff, weird things that we used to wear that were a little bit like, you know, kind of putting a library book between your legs and hoping for the best and hoping for no leakage. And then, of course, followed by, you know... Uh, menstrual caps and and tampons and it's a whole thing that on the most um, I don't know if I'm supposed to be this honest about this you know the most um, kind of intense and and messy and, and difficult part of being a woman in so many ways not to mention the kind of bloating that you get uh, your, your shape changes, things get sore. I remember I, in my weird hit work history once working at a fertility clinic in Australia and they used to tell women who were trying to assess their ovulation to try the sitting down test which meant that you sat down really hard on a hard wooden chair and if you felt rever- reverberations in your pelvis that was your ovaries were probably ovulating. So all of this stuff meant don't really have to deal with and changing waistlines I know measuring people in sewing classes is a real issue and sewing to that part of your body uh, when it is so variable and you feel uncomfortable is really difficult so I'm really pleased that the whole idea of elastic waist or comfortable waistbands or flexible waistbands like stretch woven fabric Uh, in addition to this is something that's available to us. I have to put a plug in though for uh, yoga 
pant lycra bands as opposed to an elastic casing because if you do have a waistline that expands and retracts according to what your hormones are cycling through it's far easier on your body to cut a wide band, much like a, a ribbing band that you do around a neckline, but much wider, about three inches, six inches before you fold it over plus seam allowances, it makes a much more comfortable waistband. So uh, I'm so interested that sewing is doing so many new and interesting things. The other thing that makes me so happy are the, is the availability of nursing patterns. Peekaboo patterns is one. Patterns for pirates is another one that actually have maternity uh, nursing adapted clothing, which I think is just so nice. I was a, a big... Um, kind of breastfeeding, uh, you know, advocate. I was lucky enough to have my first baby in Australia where it was, you know, open breastfeeding, you know, how many, 30 plus years ago was really accepted. And I remember going into work to meetings and, you know, openly just, you know, a funny old straight Australian in a lot of ways, but just would, you know, open up my blouse and would nurse while I was at a meeting and nobody batted an eye. And it was kind of hard to come back to North America where people are draping themselves. And I hate those tents that uh, women now kind of, um, I don't know, like they're wearing giant lampshades to disguise the fact they're nursing a baby. And it's so nice to see beautiful, fashionable patterns that make uh, nursing very comfortable and very attractive and fashionable and <laughs> reminds me of the first nursing uh, t-shirt that I bought. What was available a gazillion years ago actually was red and it had two vertical zippers, one over each boob that you literally were supposed to zip yourself. And it was, you know, it was... Uh, it was odd. I was never comfortable wearing that unit. <coughs> so that's another change that I, I really like. And being able to sew a maternity wardrobe is fantastic. The first capsule wardrobe I ever made for myself was for my first pregnancy because I did not have any maternity clothes. I was too tall for a start and too big and there was just nothing that... Um, was my style, you know, my well-developed style. So it was the first time I sewed every single item for a little wardrobe, which I kind of do that again, because it was so nice to have a complete set of brand new clothes. And I really wonder, the, you know, with the way we pack away seasonal clothes and unpack them, that it has taken that away from us. We when I was uh, growing up, we had a neighbor who had a very affluent background, and she, at the end of every season, she bagged and put all her nice, gorgeous, expensive clothes in bags and out in the garbage, and we used to go over and root through them. We thought they were so, like the concept that someone threw out every outfit, all their clothes every season and bought new was just mind-boggling. Well, I was still in Manitoba where people had crocheted sanitary napkins hanging on their clotheslines. So you can imagine how extravagant that was. But, it, you know, it's really nice to have a completely new wardrobe, which maternity sewing allows you to do that. And there are good patterns now, but there's so many patterns that can be adapted. And it's so nice that women are, you know, it's pregnancy and, and nursing and all this stuff's kind of is... It, is readily accommodated, particularly among the indie pattern designers. And plus the fact women no longer drape themselves. I love to see pregnant women in two-piece bathing suits and in, you know, body-conscious dresses. I think it's fantastic. I actually loved being pregnant, so it always makes me happy. And this gets me to the weird time that many of you are not at, but I, so I will describe it to you, and that's menopause. Menopause is odd. Uh, periods 
lasts for a month, pregnancy, or sorry, a month, periods last for about a week, you know, pregnancies last for nine months, but menopause has this really long runway on and really long runway off, and the longest time that actually for many women can follow them right through to the end of their lives is hot flashes, and hot flashes is kind of a joke, it's not a joke if you have them, it's, I'll tell you what it's like, it's like suddenly your whole body is wrapped in plastic wrap and I like completely um, out of the blue you suddenly feel like that clammy and uncomfortable and it's very hard to dress for that uh, I know one of my sisters was so Funny. She phoned me up when she was, because you kind of, all the stupid stuff starts like in your early, it can start in your early 40s and it can continue to your 70s or beyond. Although you have less frequent hot flushes when you're really old, but you can still have them. But she phoned me in her, you know, kind of mid 40s and said, I'm having these, you know, things at night, I'm getting so hot. And I've got, you know, I've been on the internet and there's like an $80 menopause nightgown. And I said, what is a menopause nightgown? And she said, it's uh, a breathable, absorbent fabric. And I'm so desperate, I'm going to order one. And I said, what's the content? And she said, it's 100% cotton. And I thought, it's a, I'm a sewer. <laughs> you know, like, I'll make you one. You know, cotton and fine linen. Linen's actually, in some ways, even better because it's a little little stiffer and it doesn't stick to your body but that brings me to the world's most uh high per uh, performance fabric for menopause in my view is seersucker and seersucker you might not understand seersucker you know it's got those little ridges those up and down little ridges that is actually designed for really hot weather. That's why you have seersucker suits as kind of colonial thing because the ridges keep the large surface of the fabric from sticking to your body. So what it does is that you're dressed, you're clothed as opposed to being naked, which is very tempting when you're uh, menopausal. Um, it holds the fabric away from your body so you are still dressed but nothing is sticking to you. So if you are ever somewhere and can uh, run across a hundred percent cotton seersucker, buy it. Buy it and if you're 18, put it away for the menopause. You'll be so happy. And if you, you know, another thing you can do that is really terrific for that stage of your life is um, a seersucker pillowcase. It's so, these things will save your life. Seersucker sheets, if you can find them or if you can make them, are amazing. And, uh, you know, women who say they don't sleep well in menopause, a lot of it is they're, you know, they're, you know, it could be January in Winterpeg, in Winterpeg, in Winterpeg, but to them, you know, their side of the bed is tropical. And uh, these things are very helpful, which I also have to say, if you have a summer baby and you're putting them down to sleep, seersucker sheets, which I was told in Australia for my first baby, that's when I was put on to all this, were really the best thing for a crib sheet or a baby sheet because uh, it allowed a little bit of air movement under the baby and kept them cool. So it's so nice to be able to sew. Uh, through, so you're sewing for comfort, and we often neglect the importance of the ability to sew uh, things that are comfortable to our bodies. And you know, that's so important as women's bodies change. So be glad you can sew and uh, adapt your, your sewing to what your life needs because it uh, is a little gift that you can give yourself and uh, is an advantage you have over people who have to uh, go on the internet and search menopausal nightgowns and be ripped off as a result. So, happy sewing. I'm so glad we have Barbara on our Maven's roster. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still just trying to picture how what a crochet menstrual pad looks like and how that might work. But, you know, I mean, whatever works, right? <laughs> like, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Erin, thank you for writing the post that you wrote to get us mm -hmm. inspired to talk about this topic. I think it's been really great to talk about it. Yeah, I didn't get to mention how much I adored your style of writing, like the lightheartedness you took. I mean, you were you were very direct and very um, straightforward about everything, but I loved um, the lightheartedness that you kind of approached it. You're like, ladies, look, you are going to need some comfort. You're going to need some, you know, some stretchy fabrics. I, I, I love that. It was it was a fun mm -hmm. read for sure. Thank you. Thank you. It doesn't you know, it doesn't have to be a total downer sort of thing. Like, let's like let's approach this with some humor because this is a shared human experience for females. You know, you have a female body. This is happening to you. And, you know, we as sewists, we have we kind of have magic powers to make this even better for ourselves. So let's, mm -hmm. let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you kind of, you cannot talk about sewing without talking about bodies. Oh, no. And what happens to bodies yeah. and the shape of bodies and how they change. And mm -hmm. so, you know, because it's all about uh, the body is the canvas. So I think yeah. this is a, it was a, yeah, it was a really great idea to, to talk about how we sew and what we might sew differently mm -hmm. for that particular purpose. It's great. Even though yeah. when Lori mentioned it to me, I did think she was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, how about this for a topic? And I'm like, I did. I'm like, Helena, did you get my email about suggesting that? And she's like, oh, I thought you were joking. <laughs> yes. Right. Let's look You're at this serious. seriously then. I, I took it to heart. No, I, I had read that post before, before you sent me that email, actually, when I went back to read it again. I'm like, oh, I read this. Absolutely. It's it's very helpful and very practical. And um, but <laughs> at first I was like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Go with it. So we'd love to hear from <laughs> listeners um, if there's something that you uh, sew or you sew differently or you choose certain patterns or recommendations that you have around sewing for your period or sewing for menopause. And we didn't get too, too much into it, but, um, you know, there's a whole other topic of sewing for pregnancy and for breastfeeding uh, and for looking after kids. So if you have some recommendations that you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd certainly welcome that and we'd love to hear your actual voice. So feel free to get in touch with us uh, and we'd be happy to Skype with you to record what you have to say or you can just leave us a message uh, through our uh, website, clothesmakingmavens.com. There's a bunch of different ways you can, you can contribute, but we'd love to hear from you. And also just a heads up that we're going to switch up some questions that we have for SOAS that we post to our website where we invite people to simply go and look at the questions and answer them and record yourself answering the questions. And then we get you into our podcast. I know that a lot of our listeners are enjoying hearing from various sewists. So we've switched up the questions to be something a little bit different. So have a look at clothesmakingmavens.com and hopefully we'll hear your voice on this podcast soon. Yeah. Well, Erin, it's been a real pleasure to meet you over, over the podcast, and thanks for uh, being part of it today. It was really great to have this discussion, and we look forward to hearing what other people have to, have to say about it, too. Great. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, this is a really fun opportunity, and it's always so much fun to chat with other sewists. I don't get to do it nearly enough. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you, Helena. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah, you too, ladies. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingmavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening.